about ready to start here, so I'll let you all find your seats. And while you're finding your seat, I'll also remind you to turn off your cell phones. My name's Shannon Little, and I'm the moderator today for the final SACPAW session before our AGM and then our summer break. Again, lunch is $11, so if you place that in your basket and someone take account, we'd appreciate that. Of course, there's the coffee table for $2. SACPAW is a volunteer nonprofit organization. Next year is our 50th anniversary. Contributions of members and session attendees help us cover expenses, so we encourage memberships. I see some people have been updating theirs today. Please see Annalise, or you can go online to update your membership. I'd also like to thank U of L, Country Kitchen Catering, Shaw TV Channel 9, CKXU, Lethbridge Herald, and other media partners. The presentation will be about 30 minutes, then we'll move on to lunch, and we'll have questions at 1 o'clock until 1.30. Now, on to our presentation. Public schools, private schools, charter schools, navigating the complexities of Alberta's education system. I'd like to welcome Barbara Silva and Lisa Turner from SOS Alberta. Barbara Silva is a public education advocate and communications director for Support Our Students Alberta. Lisa Turner is the policy director for the same organization and a passionate public education advocate. So thank you, and I'll hand it over to Lisa. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you for your warm introduction, and thank you for inviting us uh, here today. Uh, support our students, Alberta. We are uh, centered in Calgary right now, um, and we were so thrilled to accept Shannon's invitation to come and speak to you uh, today at lunch. Um, I just wanted to give you a brief introduction. As Shannon said, I'm Lisa Turner. I'm the Policy Director for Support Our Students Alberta. Um, the second speaker today is going to be Barbara Silva. She's our Communications Director. And with us also today is uh, Carolyn Blasetti. She is our Executive Director, Carolyn. Um, so uh, we are here and we're happy to, uh, to discuss public education with you today. Um, we are a grassroots organization and we are focused on child-centered public education advocacy. Um, we formed just a little over a year ago, um, just on the playgrounds um, of schools in Calgary. Um, parents talking about um, upcoming cuts to education. In the, in the late winter uh, with, the new, with the Prentice government, we heard that it was likely there was going to be another round of cuts to, to public education, which would have been the fourth year in a row. And we were, we were gravely concerned knowing um, what was already happening in classrooms um, in Calgary and across the province. Um, when the election was called, we created um, a viral video um, that described education in Alberta. Um, and basically our goal during the, during the campaign was to make education an election issue and even um, a, a ballot box issue. Uh, since then, we have continued our work uh, to support a strong public education system in Alberta. Um, we have a very strong social media presence on both uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we have a web page as well, and we spend a lot of our time just having conversations with stakeholders, whether it be parents, uh, whether it be local school boards, um, even uh, with MLAs um, and the minister, and, and representatives from um, other parties in the province. 
So um, at SOS Alberta, you can see um, here is our mission. Our overarching vision is to have a quality, accessible, and equitable education system for all students in Alberta. Um, our focuses at this time are to increase the per student funding, um, to reduce class sizes so that they are aligned with the Alberta uh, Learning Commission recommendations, and that uh, commission was in 2003 and also just removing hurdles to access um, education. And one of those focuses is, right now, is on reducing school fees. Currently in Alberta, we have a three-tier education system. Um, we have public schools, we have charter schools, and we have private schools. To begin, um, I will describe these three tiers and get a little bit of history about them, and then Barb is gonna come in um, and to make an argument about um, which of these three tiers is actually equitable and accessible and and some priorities that we think should be made here and about education for our kids. So here we have a definition um, of public school. This is a fairly general uh, definition, a wide uh, generation of what a public school is or what public education is. In Alberta, we have just under 2,000 schools across the province covered by 61 school boards. Public education serves a public good, and the right to education is protected under the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And to quote David King, who was the Minister of Education from 1979 to 1986, our public schools should reflect our communities and advance the values of inclusion, diversity, and celebrate difference. In Alberta, we also have charter schools. This is the definition of a charter school as given by um, Alberta Education. Um, of note, charter schools are supposed to provide innovative and enhanced programming to students. They also intend to only meet the needs of a particular group of students. Charter schools are not obligated to enroll every student who seeks admission. Charter schools exist only in Alberta. Uh, legislation was introduced in 1994 by then Education Minister Halvar Johnson. There is a provision for up to 15 charters um, in the legislation. Right now that is a cap, so there's not allowed to be more than 15 charter schools in the province. Um, and currently we have 13 charter schools in Alberta. Of note, one of the first charter schools um, that arose was because of a direct uh, result of cuts to English language learner funding. That school is Alameda Charter School in Calgary. And according to their history on their website, they say, with changing demographics in Calgary during the 1990s, many immigrant and first generation parents were concerned about cutbacks to English language learner services that occurred in the 90s and decided to initiate a charter application. Charter schools in Alberta are 100% publicly funded and they are autonomous. They do not report to a school board. They are not obligated to enroll every student who seeks admission. And currently about 2%, a little bit under 2% of Alberta students are enrolled in a charter school. And here's just a brief timeline of charter schools in Alberta. You can see that some charter schools have, have opened and closed, but the majority of the charters that have been initiated remain today. Um, some charters do have more than one campus in a given location. Uh, for instance, Foundations for the Future School, which is in Calgary, does have seven campuses, but it's still under one, one charter. 
Now, private schools, private schools are defined and authorized in Alberta under the School Act. There are two broad categories of private schools, registered private schools, which do not have to teach the Alberta Program of Studies, and accredited private schools, which are eligible for funding based on meeting certain requirements. The vast majority of, of private schools in Alberta are accredited schools. Alberta has provided financial supports for private schools since 1967. That year when it started out at just $100 per student, and now the current level that we're at is that accredited private schools are eligible up to 70% of the per student funding provided by Alberta Education. There are approximately 150 private schools in Alberta. So just a further uh, definition of accredited private schools, there's actually three different kinds of accredited private schools. Um, there are non-funded accredited private schools, which are mostly language and cultural schools. There are funded accredited private schools um, that are eligible for funding based on meeting certain standards. And there are also schools that are for um, special education. Now for the purposes of today's discussion, we will be discussing accredited funded private schools as they occupy the same space as, pu as public and charter schools. They are the same, uh, they serve the same kind of students. So now I will turn it over to Barb and she will speak to the issues created by these, this three-tier system. So Support Our Students Alberta seeks um, to make education quality, accessible, and equitable. Those are the three things that we are trying to advocate for, and this is what we expect from our public education system. We're going to look at and discuss what purpose are charter and, pu and pri private schools serving, what are they providing that public schools cannot, do they meet these standards, and are they equitable, are they accessible? The three factors we're going to evaluate in defining accessibility are going to be geographic accessibility, social accessibility, and financial accessibility. It's important to note that all three tiers receive public funding. Two of them receive 100% per student funding and the other up to 70%. The public system has a legal responsibility to ensure access to education to all children across the province. So if each system is receiving public money, it should meet accessibility criteria. We'll look at each system and look at how two of these tiers are actually neither equitable nor accessible by these three standards. If we look at the public system, uh, we have 61 school boards across the province for a total of 1,889 schools. Every community has a public school designated for every child in the province. We can see here that by uh, geographic accessibility, public schools are equitable. Across the province, a child has access to a school under this system. If we consider social accessibility under the public system, the public system cannot legally turn away any student. They must ensure and guarantee the right of a child to access education. This process does not require a special application, no application fees, and no admission requirements. So on the basis of social accessibility, we can see that pub the public system meets that criteria. It accepts all children under all circumstances from any walk of life. Evaluating financial accessibility in the public system. While public systems do not charge admission, some schools do charge fees. 
uh, usually in the cases of noon supervision, busing, occasionally some materials fees. Um, fees vary widely across the province and can amount to as high as $750 per year per student. It's important to note that provincial funding has a large impact on fees. So these fees have grown. Um, as Lisa mentioned earlier in the previous uh, government, there was year-over-year -year funding cuts, which created gaps. The school boards often need to pass on covering those funding gaps to the user. It's sort of an after-tax or a user fee to then charge the family for busing or noon supervision in order to fill provincial funding gaps. Looking to the charter system, this is geographic accessibility. We can see, um, well, first of all, it's important to remember that education is provincially is a provincial responsibility, which means in this case we can see charter schools are not provincially geographically accessible. A child in Grand Prairie has no access to a charter school. A child in Fort McLeod has no access to a charter school. There are 13 in total, uh, five in Edmonton, six in Calgary, and even within the system, it's important to note um, that 80% of all charter students are in Calgary. So while there's an, an, an inequity provincially, there's even an inequity within the system in the sense that most of the kids who are accessing this uh, tier are based in Calgary. Uh, again, as Lisa mentioned, current legislation limits charter schools to 15 in total. So to say that we can just have more in those places is not a solution. Uh, we are limited to having 15 in the province. There are currently 13. This for me exemplifies the difference between being available and accessible. Charter schools are technically available to these students, but it's clear they're not geographically accessible provincially, which is the mandate of uh, education to be accessible provincially. Social accessibility. Um, social accessibility for charter schools lies in, in a few points. The first being that uh, charter schools have the opportunity to turn students away. Uh, and, and it's 100% publicly funded and it can turn students away. Some schools require applying for a wait list the moment you have a birth certificate for your child because the wait list for that school is so long. Uh, others require private assessments in order to apply to the program. Others require auditions. These are hurdles. These are social accessibility hurdles. One example we'd like to give you is the Foundations for the Future Academy. This is in Calgary. This is Lisa spoke to this earlier. There's a five to seven year wait list to enter the program. So you'd have to know this the moment your child is born if you plan on them being in school when they're five or six or seven, which already limits uh, who, who they're targeting. Uh, the waitlist requires an online profile. It has to be renewed annually. And if you miss your deadline, you're back of the line. Uh, to enter kindergarten, you must be five years old by September 30th. And that seems like a, uh, you know, maybe a moot point to some, but the Alberta Education Act says you have to be five uh, before March 1st. So that change already limits people from what they know to be accessible to the public to a different level of knowledge. You'd have to know that in order to apply this. And it, it excludes all children then born after September 30th and before March 1st who can access the public system, who cannot access Foundations for the Future. There are mandatory interviews for kindergarten students. And if you want to inform yourself on how to apply, the facts document is 11 pages long. Financial accessibility. The biggest defense of a charter school is that unlike private schools, they cannot charge tuition. Uh, but tuition is not the only financial hurdle that charter schools present. 
Some schools require expensive private assessments in their application procedure, and there's no guarantee that having done that, you can get into the school or access the school. Busing fees are higher. Um, uh, private assessment fees are higher. Uh, supplies fees are higher. Instead of tuition, they call them fees, and that's sort of how they get around that, that component. An example of financial accessibility in under, char under charter schools, this is an example of the Calgary Arts Academy. Their resource fees for the year are $545. Bus fees are $775 per student. They will let you know that waivers are available for up to 50% of the resource fees. Busing fees are excluded from that, and only if the budget allows for that, um, which means you can be denied. The waivers are for only for families whose income is less than $34,000 per year. In addition to financial barriers, Calgary Arts Academy states explicitly um, in their document that they do not complete IPPs, which are individualized program plans, which translates to they will not offer any special education programming. Okay, so if you've got a child who's coded, they are under no obligation and they let that know, be known that they, they, re, they retain the right to refuse service. 100% publicly funded, by the way. And just an overall uh, reminder of what charter schools are. Charter schools are meant to provide resources a public school cannot. Some of these schools are arts immersion, special education, they present a music focus, or they um, claim ac academic excellence. Why are these programs segregated from the public stream? Funding is actually diverted from public education system to support these programs. And it's also important to note that most, the majority of charter school programs end at grade nine. So after grade nine, all these kids are coming back into the public system. They might go to the private, it's possible, but, but this area of expertise, these niche schools, the majority of them end by grade nine. On to private schools and their geographic accessibility. It's obvious with 150 private schools in Alberta, their focus is generally in the urban centers, majority in Calgary and Edmonton. The small dots could just be one school, might be two, but the bigger dots are the majority that are in Calgary and Edmonton, which is where the majority of private schools are. Social accessibility. The majority of accredited private schools in Alberta are religion-based. There's a niche minority that are sports-based schools, hockey, ballet, golf. Uh, many of them are academically focused, and of course, as with charter schools, they are able to deny access based on student ability, schools, or special needs. They effectively get to choose their demographics and their student population. A reminder that private schools receive up to 70% of the per student funding. There's a large range of tuitions. We've got the three examples we spoke to earlier, the first being a Christian school whose tuition is $6,300 per year, including transportation. The middle school is The Edge. It's a sports-based academy. Tuition anywhere from fifteen dollars to $17,000 per year, not including if you want to play hockey on a team. You're going to pay an extra nine dollars to $16,000 per year. The final is Strathcona Tweedsmere. Their tuition can max out at about $22,000 per year. And there are always supplemental fees to that. There are fees for technology. There are fees um, to access other components, computer lab. So this is what it, what it costs to get you in the door. And they'll, um, there'll be charges thereafter as well. 
So the reason we're here, the reason Support Our Students has this conversation is to, to, to evaluate why do we have the system. And the single biggest argument in favor of this three-tiered system is always choice. But what are we choosing to have a better system? Well, studies show time and time again that private and charter school students do not outperform public school students. Is it to have a more specific system? Well, don't all children benefit from a strong arts, music, science, and sports program? Why are we segregating these programs, picking and choosing which students have access to them? Out of, uh, do our three tiers represent a good, better, and best system? And if so, how does publicly funding an advantage to those already most advantaged benefit society and balance present inequities? What does this choice look like? So these are the mission statements from three schools across Alberta. All three of these schools receive public funding. Two of these schools are 100% publicly funded. One is a charter, government approved because it fills a unique program unavailable in the public system. Two of these schools can turn away students, effectively choosing their population. Two of them require applications. One of these schools is public, one of these schools is charter, and one of these schools is private. Can you tell by their mission statements, by their commitment to student learning, which is which? It's difficult to tell. <laughs> it's difficult to, to, to understand why one of these um, can turn away students, why one gets 100% funding, why one charges uh, $22,000 a year in tuition. Uh, the first one, promote innovation in the ongoing development, that's Connect Science, that's a charter school. Uh, our vision is one where we provide rich learning opportunities through a gener generative, inquiry-based approach to curriculum is a public school, a community public school, not an alternative program, but a community school called West Dalhousie in Calgary. And the final one to develop well-balanced students uh, is your $22,000 a year private education, Strathcona Tweedsmere. I hope you guessed right. So now we're going to evaluate choice. Who is making this choice? Most times, oftentimes, it's the parents. It's the, perhaps the family, but I would guess 98% of the time it's the parents. How are they making this choice? Well, the people with resources are making these choices, both financial and social. They're generally of a higher socioeconomic status, upwardly mobile, and have higher levels of education themselves. Why are they making these choices? Inevitably, it's to access a perceived advantage for their child. Um, who cannot make this choice? It's the families with a low socioeconomic status, limited resources, perhaps English as a second language. And ultimately, the biggest stakeholder in the system rarely makes this choice, and that's the student. So why is funding choice problematic? Problematic because instead of focusing on improving the current system, we are siphoning funds and segregating our students. When we fund a separate arts program, we effectively dilute the quality of the arts that was once accessible to all children. When we fund a separate science program, we are saying only certain kids deserve a quality science curriculum. There's a reason in society that we often pool our resources, and it's usually to improve our purchasing power. The same is true with education. If we can benefit our uh, pool our resources and strengthen the system, we stay the course instead of running from it, 
uh, we better the system for all children. And we should be working on improving the system for all children across uh, the province instead of allowing the privilege to access uh, more advantages. Continuing with evaluating choice, this is food for thought for your, uh, for your meals today, something to think about and discuss at your table. Should we continue to financially support choice? When we fund the privatization of education through charters or through private schools, we undermine and dilute the value of public education. We wonder, we, th we think and we contemplate and we evaluate, has choice become a euphemism to segregate students? Through increasing specialized education by race, class, community and levels of intelligence, are we segregating our students? To quote Mike Sadava's article in an Alberta Views article that we read, while choice may be good for the individual, it comes at the expense of diversity and community. Do we think we should be publicly funding that process? And we leave that with you to think and contemplate. Thank you very much for your time. We appreciate being here.